Well, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 23, Joshua chapter 23. And as you turn there, we're really continuing in our series uh, through this book of Joshua. And what we're going to do today is take the things that Joshua says in this passage, which are clearly directed to the Israelites and particularly to their leaders and heads of the various tribes and judges and so forth. And we just want to take those same ideas and apply them to our lives in general and particularly apply them to moms today on this special day, this Mother's Day. And as always, God's Word provides both a great word of encouragement to us and also some areas of challenge as well. So we're going to hear both of those for all of us and certainly for mothers today as well. And particularly what we'll see, I hope, is that God really is this God who in all areas of life is going before us. If our trust is in Him, if we've turned to Him and received Him in our life and are seeking as we do to walk with Him, He is going before us in our lives. And so we can live lives that are marked by a huge measure of rest. And also that rest then can translate into seeking to walk faithfully with our God. So rest and faithfulness flowing out of the fact that God goes before us in all things. I invite you to stand with me. We'll just read the verse 10 verses. I'll read them aloud as you read along silently. And we just stand recognizing God's truth and His Word conveyed to us the power and the beauty of it. So read along as I read aloud Joshua chapter 23, verses 1 through 10. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies... And Joshua was old and well advanced in years. Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I'm now old and well advanced in years. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I've allotted to you an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain, along with all the nations I've already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left. That you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts a thousand to flight. Since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as He promised you. You may be seated, and let's pray again. Father, we ask that you would strengthen and equip us through your word, and I pray especially that you would bless the moms here today, whatever stage they are in. And Father, that they would be encouraged by your word, that all of us would see the glory of the fact that you go before us, 
that we can live lives marked by resting in you and walking with you, seeking to walk in faithfulness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, three brothers decided to do something special for their mom on Mother's Day. They were all grown up and happened to be pretty well off. The first brother decided to get his mother a new house. Ten-room house furnished to the hilt. The second brother decided to get his mother a new luxury car with all the gadgets and all the features you could imagine. The third brother decided to go kind of a spiritual route, and so he purchased a very expensive, specially bred parrot and had lessons given for eight hours a day that he paid for to train that bird to repeat certain Bible verses on cue whenever asked. Well, Mother's Day had rolled around. The mother received each of the gifts, and she was kind enough to send a little note to each of her sons. To the first, she wrote and said, Son, thank you for the Mother's Day gift. But this house is too huge for me. I can't hardly keep up with any of the cleaning. Love, Mom. To the second, she wrote, Son, thank you for thinking of me on Mother's Day with this new car you got. But as you know, I can barely see these days, so I can't even drive it around. Love, Mom. And to the third son, she said, Thank you for thinking of me on Mother's Day. Your gift is the only one that I really appreciated. That chicken was delicious. Well, thankfully, the Lord gives us a gift that tastes a lot better than chicken-flavored parrot or parrot-flavored chicken, whichever way you want to see it, if we'll have eyes to see that gift for what it truly is to us. And you can follow along if you'd like in your worship guide in the back section of the worship guide or some sermon notes. And the main idea, I think, for us to see, especially on this Mother's Day today, is that because the Lord goes before us, mothers and and really any of the rest of us, can fulfill our calling with strength and courage in the Lord. Because of the Lord going before us, we can fulfill the calling God has for us, particularly as we saw in the verses, to walk in rest and in faithfulness. Now, one of the main messages that we have seen as we've been going really since the beginning of the year through this series in the book of Joshua, and we have just two weeks remaining before we begin a a summer series in the fruit of the Spirit. But as we are coming into the conclusion of this series in Joshua, we've seen this powerful message that while... The actions of people are so vital. And us taking steps of faith and responding to God's work is so essential to what He's doing in and through us. That God is the primary agent. He's the first one. He's the mover. We are the responders. We're the secondary causes. And we participate with what He is doing. 
And that's an incredibly refreshing thing if we think about it. Look at some of the verses we just read in Joshua 23. Verse 3 says, And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these nations, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Jumping down to verse 5. It says, The Lord your God will push them back before you, drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Verses 9 and 10, we read them just a moment ago. The Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. As for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. Well, why? Because, as verse 10 says, the Lord your God fights for you just as He promised you. And I really want us to hear that today. That message that the Lord goes before us. If our trust is in Him, He is going before us in all things and certainly for the moms in our midst as well. Now, when you think about it, and I think this is in your sermon notes as well, there's a, a number of ways that it's challenging, particularly for mothers, to embrace this idea that God is going before them and to really walk in, in rest and in faithfulness. One is just the, the legalism that can set in upon mothers that if a mom is not refreshed and not being strengthened and uplifted by the work of Christ and her identity in Him and His deep redeeming love for her, that the Mother's Day sermon that I'm giving right now or even the whole extravagance of Mother's Day can kind of land like a heavy weight, like a burden, rather than a refreshing thing. Our own... Uh, Matt Redmond from our congregation wrote in his popular blog earlier this week, I think it was actually a repost that he had written a couple of years ago, about this whole reality. And he, he cited Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And what he did then is take that and apply that to moms. And so, especially for moms that are feeling that weight of the performance trap in motherhood, listen to the words that he shared, and I'll share again to us, of the ways that we are not condemned. Moms, you are not condemned if you're in Christ Jesus. He said, you're not condemned by your messy home, nor by your personal sins. You're not condemned even though you feel it when you read over and over about others' perfect parenting moments on Facebook. You're not condemned by your inability to cook. Because your kids are not normal or because you're divorced and doing it alone. You're not condemned by your body, which may not be what it once was. You're not condemned by your failures as a mother. You're not condemned even by getting pretty frustrated at having to scrape macaroni and cheese off the kitchen floor again. He goes on. You're not condemned by all the fears and tears which sometimes flirt with Insanity, as you feel on the precipice of despair. Nor by not being able to throw the perfect birthday party for your kids or choosing to feed your kids meals that didn't come from whole foods. You're not condemned by your need for a vacation away from the kids or not living up to the standards of mother or mother-in-law. 
Or, and he concludes, by the stares of those who have no kids, when yours erupt into volcanic screams in public places. You're not condemned. Well, while some moms might struggle on that side of things or in certain areas with that weight of sort of self-imposed legalism, a law that's got to be fulfilled and need to hear that word of rest, need to hear that God's going before you, others perhaps maybe struggle on the other side of things with, I guess, what I jotted down as license, we would say, and that is maybe just a, a lack of vision for what God can do through you as a mom. For how God can, the influence that can be had in the beauty, the tremendous beauty of that. Not through your strength, but through God's strength and His power. Maybe even you were once on the legalism side of it and put yourself under a big weight and you got so tired of that that maybe easy to flip over to the other side of things and say, I'm not going to even try to be purposeful at all. It's a beautiful thing that God gives us strength to walk in rest and in faithfulness because of His grace. Maybe there's others here that are feeling as you hear and are present for a Mother's Day church worship service, just the lack of the opportunity to be a mom. Maybe not married and wishing you were. Maybe married and saddened by loss of miscarriage or not being able to have little ones yet. Others maybe are at a further stage in life and feeling as you hear and think about motherhood just a a sense of lostness that comes of past times and wishing things had been done differently wishing you might have been able to walk and rest and in faithfulness and recognize god's hand at other times in life well for all these reasons we need this reminder from god's word today That just as He went before the Israelites, just as He fought their battles for them, that He does that too for all of us, and especially as we think today for you moms. Let's look at that in a couple of ways. Number one, just to see this reality and the beauty of the rest we can have in the Lord. Look at verse 1 of chapter 23 of Joshua. Again, long time afterwards, the Lord had given what? Rest to Israel. Rest to Israel. You think of the need for rest. And and while we're separated, of course, from the culture of this passage by some 3,000 years and a lot of geographic and probably cultural distance, we can relate, can't we? They were getting rest from the battles they'd fought. Moms today certainly feel the need for the rest from the battles that you all fight, the battle to get the kids on the bus, the battle to get the homework done after school, perhaps, maybe to get to work on time, the battle for bath time, the battle of discipline situations, it feels like quite a fight. It's not just that need, though. Of course, there is for physical rest. It's, it's interesting. A story was told of a classroom where the teacher was doing a little science training with the kids and was teaching them about magnets. And they came up to the end of the, the class time and had their little quiz, and the quiz had this question on it. What is a six-letter word beginning with M for something that picks things up around the house? I can only imagine how many kids got the wrong M word with six letters in their lesson about magnets. Don't just need rest 
physically, though, do we, all of us, and certainly moms, we need rest spiritually. We need that refreshing work of the Lord that allows us to rest in Him, even in places of discouragement in parenting or other areas of life, even those places where we feel anxiety or discontentment or maybe a measure of depression. We need the blessing of rest. And you know what's so beautiful about it? When we begin to rest in God and the fact that He goes before us in life is that we can appreciate everything so much more fully, can't we? We're resting in Him. Then life and all that we see and experience has so much more beauty to it. I like the anonymous statement one author submitted. said, there's only one pretty child in the world. And every mother has that child. It's true, isn't it? When we're able to kind of move away from the legalism, the license, and rest, and we can see the beauty. Not just for mothers, we can all see the beauty of what God's doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Rest allows us to do that. Second thing we see in these verses is an invitation to, out of that rest, seek to walk in faithfulness. Not to be just weighed down, burdened by some man-made version of motherhood and the legalism that we maybe feel by it, nor to kind of feel like I, I don't even know where to begin maybe as a mom and not to have purposefulness in motherhood, but to simply walk in faithfulness with God. Trust that He is at work. Look at our passage with me, beginning in verse 6. It says, Therefore be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left. That's a statement of intentionality, purposefulness of our lives to say, I want to seek God, I want to know God, and I want to walk with Him. It's stated even more succinctly in verse 8. It says, but you shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. You know, the word there is the picture. The picture there is the word from back in Genesis where a husband and wife would be united, would cling to one another. It's that kind of tight connection and bond. It's saying that we have the privilege of being able to cling to God in that way and have him sustain us. And because of that, We don't have to be suckered in by what the world offers for, again, for all of us in in any area of life, but particularly for moms in the picture and presentation of motherhood that it offers, which is really a, a sort of idol, a sort of image that's made up by the world. That Martha Stewart, I guess, perspective of motherhood that our friend Matt Redman identified earlier, that you've got to be able to bake that perfect pie. You've got to remember to put that perfect note in your kid's lunch book. You've got to sign them up for exactly the right activities or their lives will be destroyed. You've got to get all of that stuff together. Plan that ideal party. Do everything perfectly. That's what this verse 7 really is talking about in Joshua chapter 23. That you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. It's just saying that God is the definer of who we should be and what we should be in all areas of life. Not everybody and everything we see around us. Remember, these 
gods that were worshipped by the other nations around them appeared to have power, appeared to have substance to them. They were attractive for them. And it's with that kind of understanding and mindset then that out of rest, seeking to walk in faithfulness and seeking to turn away from whatever artificial perspectives of motherhood or life that the world offers us, that we can turn to a passage like Proverbs 31. You say, oh no, not Proverbs 31 again on Mother's Day. It's a great passage about the beauty of what it means not just to be a mom, but to be a woman, a a wife to a husband. And I'll just read the last section that really relates to kind of the, the mom's part of it. Verse 25, but this is right at the end of Proverbs, which is after Psalms in the Old Testament. If you want to turn there quickly, you can. It says this beautiful statement, starting at verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her works praise her in the gates. That's a picture just of faithfulness. Not of overwielding heavy burden upon moms, but of seeking an image, a, a, a possibility, a vision of what it looks like to be with God sustaining us, with God going before us. And I think it speaks to four H's that I've mentioned, and we'll sort of wrap up our time today with these. One of these H's was mentioned a few weeks ago in our parenting conference when Gordon was with us. He talked about the need to build uh, not just a house, but a home. To really as a mom, have the privilege of helping to build a lot of that atmosphere of the home. thought it was interesting. I stumbled across this week a statement that was made, a young Japanese-American girl who was sent to a government, one of the government camps back in the unfortunate relocations of World War II, if you recall that episode from American history. And a newspaper reporter apparently asked her as they were being relocated from their house uh, how she was going to handle not having a home. And she smiled and replied, Oh, we still have a home. We just don't have a house. And moms have a tremendous privilege. And, of course, dads are involved in this as well, but it's Mother's Day. Moms have a great privilege of helping to build that atmosphere of what the home is going to be like, of grace, of love, of mercy, of encouragement, even of correction. We're going to get to that in a moment. That's the first H. Moms also have a privilege. Again, we know uh, fathers are called to be the spiritual leaders of the family and called to shepherd the family in that way. So there is responsibility very significantly there. But moms have a blessing to pour into their kids to honor God. That's the second H, to honor God. And our passage talks about it. We saw it in verse 6 there, to walk with God, to cling to Him, and to seek to impart that to the little ones 
In our Proverbs 31 verse that we read a minute ago, we saw that it says she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. A mom's able to set a tone and, and, and maybe it's playing, you know, Bible songs in the car as you're driving around town. Maybe it's putting on, you know, in our house something instead of uh, Transformers. You know, I know when I'm in charge, the boys are watching Transformers and, you know, Star Wars and whatever. And, you know, Patience, you know, tries to help keep things a little bit. The Bible, the Bible videos and watch a little VeggieTales or something to get some content into those kiddos. Whether it's those kind of things or just living your life, not perfectly, but in dependence upon God, acknowledging your brokenness and weakness, but letting your child know we're looking to Jesus as a family. We're praying that he'll work in our lives. That's the second H of honoring God. I think that's a picture we see in that Proverbs 31 and in our passage for today. Hopeful correction is the third one. I say hopeful because I know one of the challenging things when you're a parent in any situation, and certainly moms, is to continue to have hope that that correction, lovingly gracious correction that you've given to your child, that you've given 30 times that day, is going to yield fruit, is going to bring about some benefit. It's a tedious thing. It's a demanding thing to continue to walk in that path. And so we need hopeful correction, knowing that God goes before us again, that He's sustaining you moms. And the last one, the last H, if you will, is healing. Again, some of you dads maybe in your household are, are, are the best caregiver in the emotional needs of your kids or their physical needs. Uh, most uh, families, I think, probably breaks down that mom's a little bit more gifted to show tenderness and show kindness. I was at uh, one of our baseball games before we got knocked out yesterday of the playoffs in the first round. On Thursday night, we were playing a game, and my seven-year-olds that I coach, uh, we were up to bat, and one of them blasted a, a hard hit to shortstop, and the other team was in the field, and their shortstop got in front of that ball but missed it. And it hit him in the chest and hit him as hard as I've seen any kid get hit this year. He kind of slumped over and fell on the ground. The other team coaches gathered around to check on him and so forth. And I was over there where I was doing the, the batting, uh, the, the base coaching and so forth. And I looked over and I saw just from the expression on her face who the mom must have been because she was sitting in kind of a lawn chair off to the side by me. And I just walked over to her and I, she was kind of on the edge of her seat. And I said, ma'am, I said, I'm sure you can, you know, it's good for you to get up and go out there. You're welcome to come out and check on him. And she kind of laughed and she said, yeah, she said, I know. So it looks like he's, he's going to be all right. She said, and I know if I go out there, the tears will flow. And she said, I know he'll be embarrassed if those tears begin to flow. She knew that power, that special gifting that God gives, particularly, I think, to moms, to show tenderness, to show kindness, to show mercy. And she was even able to restrain herself from doing it because she didn't want her boy to be embarrassed. What a blessing. What a blessing that God in His plan and in His perfect wisdom has given moms, has created this thing of motherhood, which I know for many of you moms sometimes feels like insanity instead of a blessing from God, but that he says is a blessing. And that if particularly moms and all of us 
we're able to see and have a vision for the fact that God is truly going before us. And we can walk in, in rest. And we don't have to be afraid to seek to live in faithfulness. Trusting that God's merciful. He's forgiving to all of us in all of the areas where we fail. And He gives us His strength to pursue Him and to glorify Him in the things that He calls us to. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for the things it teaches us about how we can indeed take all that we are, all of who we are, and we can put ourselves in Your hands because we know You give us Your rest. Because we know that You go before us. And Lord, I pray that You would gift us all, not just the moms in the area of motherhood, but each one of us in the areas of life that You've called us to and given us a specific purpose. Lord, that You would give us Your vision for what it means to walk with You in faithfulness and give us Your strength to do that. Lord, encourage us with Your mercy and grace in those areas where we know we fall so short. And remind us of our identity in You, that we are so deeply loved, so deeply cherished by You because of the work of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.